Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Sexology Podcast. Today's episode is a solo episode, and this is my third attempt to record it. It's 1 a.m. That's why I'm whispering. So what happened is today was a crazy full clinical day. I had clients back to back. I blocked an hour to do this episode. I felt good about the episode. And then what happened is my client arrived on time, which I'm so grateful. I closed it without saving it. So I was like, oh God, this is a disaster. I just wasted an hour of my time doing this episode. And then I was like, don't worry, I'll I'll record it at the end of the day. Come around around 8 p.m. after my last client, I came to record it. And somehow I saw that my computer is dead. So it wasn't charged. And then the other twist was that my cord was cut. So I have to take it to the store. The cord is not charging and I have a backup computer at home. I was like, you know, I'll go home and I relax and, and I'll watch some show and then I'll record it. As a side note, I don't know if you guys watched Carnival Row. It's a new series on Amazon. And I learned about it in Comic Con. It was in one of the halls, or like it was right after the uh, one of my favorite TV show panel, and they came on. I was like, okay, no, I don't know. I don't like sci-fi, but this seems interesting. And they showed some clips of this racy, fun, sexy scenes. I was like, oh, I give it a shot. Long story short, I've been hooked on it. This is a kind of sci-fi story, but what's so wonderful about it, they have best sex scenes and it's just so sensual and erotic. I never thought I would find like the supernatural scenes hot, but there's a scene of fairies or they call them fae having sex with humans. And the woman, the character is a, a the fae, when she climaxes, she opens up her wings and the color of her, her wings change. It's just so beautiful. And I, I, I was just, Think, looking at it tonight, I was like, oh God, this is so hot. And I asked my husband, I was like, it was like looking at me, what are you talking about? So if you're watching Carnival Row, please let me know if you find it sexy. You can send a note to me in social media. My handle is at Oasis to Care. Because I don't think I'm the only one who finds these things hot. But it was very interesting and surprising for me because I never, I never been into kind of like sex with alien and the supernatural things. Anyhow, after all of that, and after eating dinner, I opened my phone and I saw I got a new review from one of our listeners, PJJ82, and it was a five-star review, said a beyond excellent podcast, and seriously, it gave me so much energy, warmed my heart, and I'm so grateful for him or her wrote such a nice kind reviews and these reviews are so encouraging for me because sometimes honestly recording these episodes after full clinical day can be daunting so if you get them if you have a moment please uh, leave us an honest review in iTunes or wherever you listen to this episodes because it's really help us with 
first of all, like me feeling excited that someone is out there listening and also help us to climb the chart in iTunes. And as you guys know, it's it's my mission to help people have wonderful sex lives and kind of like learn the tools that I think everyone can learn to improve their sex life. So today's topic is about what to do if you're thinking about other people other than your partner when you are in a monogamous relationship, whether it's normal or not, what to do if you want to act on it, what to do to prevent you acting on it if that's not something you want to do, and tons of other good stuff. Stay tuned. So first part of it is whether it's normal to fantasize about other people that they're not your partner you get surprised to see how often I'm hearing this uh, from my clients. They're coming in furious that their partner figure out that their partner was fantasizing about someone else, checking out someone else, or at times my clients coming in saying that very disappointed that I'm I find myself thinking about other women or men and kind of like fantasizing about them. Well, first of all, these things are very, very normal. There is nothing to worry about it. People uh, have sexual fantasies and imagination. Our imagination, I always make a joke about is a poly, to my clients, that's polyamorous. And it's the only part of our life that we can truly, freely express ourselves, play around and express different parts of our personality that we might not want to express to other other people, or we don't want to kind of engage in them. So it's very normal to have thoughts about other partners. Some of my clients, they say that it helps them to stay connected with their partner because it gives them the energy that they feel that they're missing in their marriage and their monogamous relationships. And when I think about monogamy, there's three components to it. One part is physical monogamy. Disagreement of that you have with your partner verbally or non-verbally, if if you don't have it verbally, my recommendation is definitely a talk about it with your partner. Is that like what kind of a touches are considered okay and what's not okay touch with someone else? Some people think about okay, greeting, uh, shaking hand, hugging, all of those things are okay, but uh, like kissing. Anything like sexual, like oral sex, animal sex, intercourse considered a violation or infidelity. I worked with clients that they had a broader definition. The only thing that was considered violation was intercourse, but their partner was okay and open to explore anal sex, oral sex, and other stuff. And there are people that are not okay with their partner even shaking hand with other people. Very important to have these conversations with uh, with your partners, partner or partners, to make sure you guys are on the same page. There is a social element to monogamy. So some people, although they are not monogamous, they want to appear monogamous in social setting, which is absolutely understandable. There are tons of stigma around people who are not living a monogamous lifestyle. So many people, like their agreement is as long as we're not doing it, we're not acting out sexually around other people, uh, we're okay. 
lastly is the kind of the sensational monogamy or uh, thoughts and like our internal experiences that we have. And some people expect their partner to be monogamous and that that realm. And I don't know if it's even possible because sometimes we don't have even control over our thoughts or attraction. You might find someone arousing and it's just a kind of physiological response and you just don't necessarily have something that you have control over it. You have control whether you're acting on it or not, but asking your partners who not have thoughts about other people at all, I think it's an unreasonable expectation most people in a monogamous relationship consciously or unconsciously have this attraction toward other people. So I was talking about this with my husband a few weeks ago because this is certainly was an, was an episode that I wanted to release because it comes up a lot between my friends, between my clients. And I wanted to see what he thinks about when when these thoughts become problematic. And I think he had this wonderful analogy that he said, you know, our sexual, th- sexual thoughts and desires are like you walking into a buffet and there's a number of different options. Sometimes you find yourself kind of craving some pasta. Sometimes you want steak. Sometimes you want sushi. And there is not necessarily one specific food that you're constantly going for it. But if you find yourself that you're going to this buffet every day this week and you're only going to this for this specific sushi, and while you're there, you're only having that sushi, well, that tells you that there is something specific about the sushi and that can possibly turn to a problematic situation if you don't want to act on it. So this passive thoughts that we're having and this lustful thought that I described that we might have around about other people, some some of my clients are telling me they're fantasizing different actors. Those things are, those are like walking around in a buffet and having different foods. But if there's this specific person that you're constantly finding yourself, that you're fantasizing about, you're thinking about how would it be if if I make love to this him or her, how would he, what kind of position he would be into, what would he say during sex, and really kind of getting engaged in this narrative, then perhaps that's one of those situations that can that can tell you there's something there. I always tell my client that when you have these obsessional thoughts and you've been thinking about this person, lusting after him or her for a few months, first step is to think about whether you want to act on it or you don't want to act on it. And I know it sounds a little bit crazy that if you're possibly thinking, well, if I'm in a monogamous relationship with this person, with my partner, then the default answer is, I don't want to act on it. But I want you to really kind of think it through because I rather you uh, making a decision and feeling in control in this situation versus ignoring it, suppressing these thoughts and emotions, and then find yourself acting on them because you made this like a series of decisions that put you in this compromised position. And then you feel guilty afterward. And I, I see it a lot in my practice that people are feeling shame. They feel they're worthless because they took action that's not congruent with who they are. And now they have to 
face the consequences. So think about it is if the opportunity presents itself, if John Doe comes to you tomorrow and so like, I want to have sex with you, would you want to do it or not? Well, I sometimes playfully, I, I share this with my client, get think about how would it be to share a mortgage with John or Jane? Uh, what kind of, what would it be look like to wake up next to them? Because some people appear to be wonderful lovers, but they're not necessarily the responsible adults or can we build them up in our fantasies? And when we are kind of thinking about them in different contexts, we kind of figure out that, oh, well, then I just don't want to do it. But if your decision is that I want to act on it, no judgment there, then the next step thinking about how can I do it in a way that it's congruent with my values? I shared with you guys a few episodes ago, and I know many times that I practice from acceptance and commitment therapy approach. And in this approach, uh, they talk about when we are taking actions that are incongruent with our values, that's when we're experiencing the most suffering. So if you want to act on this sexual desire, then think about what would be the way that you can act on it that's not necessarily compromising your values. For example, I shared with you guys that justice is one of my main values. So if I find myself in this obsessional path that I want to kind of act on it, then I would think, how can I do it in a way that wouldn't bring injustice to my husband? Perhaps maybe I want to talk to him and we can open up the marriage. Or if I really want to do it and I know that's that's not something that he feels okay doing, then we can end the relationship. There are tons of different ways that you can act on it, although it might bring some loss and suffering, but it wouldn't necessarily compromise your values. Well, then if you find yourself in this situation that you don't want to act on it, kind of thinking about you know, he seems or she seems very sexy, but this this doesn't worth it for me, then let's take the following action the steps. So first of all, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with having these thoughts, but it's interesting to think about why this person, why now? Is it something about this person? Is there's part of him or her that you want more of in your life? For example, if if you experience your partner aloof, not warm, not emotionally connected, if this fantasy of this person that you're having is make you feel seen, make you feel understood, if the person appears passionate, what is it there that you want more of? And that can give you tons of good information about what you want more of in your life. The other part of it is sometimes is that we're finding ourselves attracted to a person, another person in the relationship, because we don't like the person that we became in our current relationship. I recently contributed to an article in Huffington Post about this, and I'll leave a link in the show note, but sometimes like we change when we are in a long-term relationship and it has nothing to do with our partner 
perhaps you used to be this fun, outgoing person. Now you have this nine to five job and you have no hobbies anymore. And this idea of the being with the other person kind of gives you adventure and help you to kind of feel alive. So again, nothing wrong with your partner. This is something about you or sometimes when people go through different stages of their life, they feel that way or they don't want to become a parent or they lost someone and that's how they're coping with it. So it's very helpful if you really dial into what is it about the person? Is it about the person? Is it about me? Why now? Sometimes I tell people that kind of, think, kind of keep a track of what is the emotion that you were experiencing right before this fantasies surface in your mind? Were you bored? Were you depressed? Were you anxious? Because this can be a coping strategy to manage these feelings. And if you can address this emotion, their lying emotions, then that can be helpful with kind of feeling not necessarily preoccupied with these fantasies. Perhaps if you were feeling bored, there are things you can do to make your life more exciting. Or if the anxiety is an issue, then we can address the anxiety because sexual fantasies are not necessarily a solution. It's just avoidance. It could be a distraction if, if this is something that keeps coming popping up in your head. The next step after examining it is that to not necessarily judge yourself for having those thoughts or not engage with it. So if you are finding yourself like these thoughts are surfacing in your mind, kind of imagining them like clouds in the sky. You're the sky and these are the clouds that are passing. Uh, whenever you're having an inter- like a re- emotional reaction to it, you're you're kind of clinging to this cloud, clouds and they stay longer. One of my friends so funny, she's like, I'm not judging myself, but I see myself, I'm turning to Anna Karnina from Tolstoy's story. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, well, it didn't turn out well for Anna, Anna and and then like you're saying that, you're judging yourself for it. So the more that you are noticing, it's like, oh, I notice I have a thought about John John Smith and then kind of letting it pass or kind of imagining it's a cloud that's passing by and not necessarily trying to emotionally analyzing it or fantasizing it more. I'm thinking about how would it be like to be with him? What would be our day like? The more you're engaging in this you are feeding into building this neural pathway in your brain. So we don't want this pathway to fire because then that would be harder to kind of get rid of those uh, thoughts. So were you just noticing it, not judging it, not necessarily saying anything negative or positive with it, uh, about it, just labeling that. These are just thoughts. We constantly have tons of random thoughts and these are some random thoughts. One other thing is whether to use it with your partner or not. Some people say that actually I had a client that said this was a solution for me to feel more sexually aroused with my partner. And she said that helped with her libido, which I understand. But some people find it like it's helpful for them when they are fantasizing and masturbating or being with your partner. I don't know. Again, it depends on your arrangement with your partner. I wouldn't want my partner to 
fantasizing about a specific person when they're having sex with me. I'm sure that every all the time everyone is fantasizing, but I don't want him to think he's having sex with Nurse Jackie. And yes, I, I purposely chose <laughs> an kind of an unattractive character, but that's that's what I don't want. And I don't think that, that there are many people that would be want that in their relationship. But some I had a client that she was telling me she was masturbating to for it with it with that thoughts and that was satisfying. I personally my recommendation is not engage with it. The other question that I get is whether I should talk about it with my friends or not. I don't think keeping it a secret is helpful, but sometimes if you're talking to your friend, you choose to disclose it to someone that is a supportive of that. And you can add drama and passion to it. And the more you're talking about, you guys might get excited and then turns to this game. And it can't just like just add fuel to this fire. My recommendation is if you want to talk about it, talk about it with your therapist. Therapist definitely can help you with examining what's going on. What is the purpose of this fantasy versus kind of having this kind of gossipy kind of telenovela conversation with your friends that might kind of like add to the excitement. Lastly, other recommendation is do your best to not make yourself in a vulnerable situation around them. One of the things that makes my clients vulnerable and it makes me, of course, vulnerable is drinking. I, I drink socially and, but you don't, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't think you won't find yourself buzzed or drunk sitting in front of the person that you like and have this lustful thought about it because that that situation uh, your your inhibition will be significantly less and it will be hard to uh, resist acting on those fantasies so definitely avoid having alcohol don't get high around them do whatever you can do to not engage in this this kind of being in this situation with the person do your best not to check their social media. Again, we don't want to give in to this fantasy. So sometimes people are feeling that they are connected and they're a part of other people's life when they're not because uh, social media gives us this illusion of we know about what's going on in someone else's life and it can create this delusion of that we are part of their narrative. If possible, block them, don't check on them, Control yourself to not do that. Last part that I wanted to talk about is how to use this sexual arousal that you're experiencing and make it to some good use. As if you're a psychologist, therapist, you know that sublimation is the form that many people, it's a defense mechanism. And what it is for other people is that when you channel one sort of energy to another one, so sexuality has been uh, connected to people's creativity for years and years, and people are channeling it in different ways that helps them to get things done in life. So several years ago, I interviewed this dominatrix, she, this woman, Dr. Sandra Lamorgas, PhD, became a dominatrix later in life. And she has this memoir, I interviewed her about that, you can find it on the show notes, called Switch, Time for a Change. And she talked about 
how she found this kind of sexual energy that she was purposely creating, that she was flirting with her lovers before meetings to help her feel confident. So she talks about how sexual energy is a form of energy and that can help people to feel more present. They can channel into achieving wealth, health, happiness, and it has a number of benefits according to her book and she talks about it and uh, she said that that was uh, not necessarily that she was flirting with people in the board meetings and the different meetings that he had that she had but it helped her kind of like connected with her sexuality to feel more alive and all the time I also see it in my clients that I treat for treatments of eating disorders, the ones that are struggling with anorexia and they, they've been restricting food. And when they start feeling more alive and nurtured and nourished, they feel the sexual energy. So if you are finding yourself becoming more sexually aroused and charged because of this uh, lustful thoughts that you're having, it would be wonderful if you can channel to something else. So one of the things that I I used to do was I was doing, I was writing erotica. So this was like when I started graduate school and I always loved writing. My mom is a published writer and it was during the time, I think around 2004, 2005, that blogging wasn't as common. So I was writing these erotic stories and I was kind of talking about fantasies and all of these things. And I was getting paid for it because Google was getting clicked and Google were sending me checks for it. So I was kind of making it work for me. I haven't wrote about it like on the blog for, to be fair, five years. But I think it was a fantastic way for me to kind of make money out of this. And also it was fueling my creativity. So depending on uh, what what is the source of creativity for you, you can channel this to that instead of judging yourself or having this thoughts and feeling yourself stuck in this cycle of I don't want it, why I have it, and or kind of like trying to suppress it. Anyhow, if you had lustful thoughts about other people and you navigated well, or if you worked with your clients to working through this and you use the strategy that we haven't talked about it, I would love to hear it. This is a source of constant fascination for me because it's so common. I generally believe that like we are not a species, like we're part of animal species and we're not necessarily mean to be with one, one, one partner for I don't know, 50 to 60, 70 years, not saying that monogamy is bad. I am in a monogamous relationship myself. It has tons of benefit and research shows it as well, if that's a right fit for you. But it's not helpful if you are judging yourself for doing things that are just natural and healthy. So you can leave me a voice memo on my website, sexologypodcast.com, or email me and let me know what have you tried and worked? Also, I've been writing weekly on my uh, blog post and I've been contributing to different online blogs and journals and podcasts. Uh, so if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, please do so. I'll, I'll send a bi-weekly email to people on my newsletter and let them know about all this blog content that I'm writing and all the other places that I've been kind of sharing the sexual health content. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you for listening to this podcast, writing us reviews, and I cannot wait to talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. 
For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.